With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, I'm Eddie Gibbs and welcome to another episode of Off The Wall here on uh, Anfield Index. And Off The Wall is the uh, paywall side of Anfield Index over at Anfield Index Pro. That's something that you can take a free trial of at any point. It's at anfieldindex.com forward slash join to do that. Now, on this week's Off The Wall, we're going to give you another free show. It's, a, it's one we've done before on Off The Wall and it's uh, Tactics Weekly where uh, head coach of uh, Miami FC, Paul Dalgleish, uh, joins Dan Rhodes and Sometimes also uh, Gav Jones and uh, and Hamza are our, our in-house analysts to uh, look at Liverpool's most recent games. Now, obviously, the uh, sad news coming that Liverpool have managed to accumulate 97 points this season and still finish second behind Man City after that uh, 2-0 win over Wolves on Sunday. Now, Paul Dalgleish is with Dan Rhodes this week, and the two guys have looked through that game, but also taken a look ahead to... Uh, the uh, thing that we're all excited about now, obviously, that Champions League final coming up in Madrid. So they take a tactical look at the Wolves game and then they have some tactical chat on uh, how Pochettino and Klopp may look to set up their team. So we thought this was a really good time to share this uh, share this show with you. The guys uh, also look back on where the league was probably won for Man City and may have been lost by Liverpool, if we can, if we can call it lost. But uh, do go and take a listen. Here's Tactics Weekly. And as I say, there's more of this stuff. You can listen to all of our AI Pro shows completely free for seven days, anfieldindex.com forward slash join. And if you decide to stick with us, it's uh, £4.99 per month or £39.99 per year. So uh, I'll leave you in the capable hands now for the next hour or so with uh, Dan Rhodes and Paul Dalgleish. Hello and welcome to AI Pro Tactics Weekly. And we've got the roller coaster afternoon on Sunday to discuss, Paul. It, we, 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 had a, we had a few seconds of uh, elation, didn't we? But yeah. It was a surreal one, wasn't it? That's the main thing. It was fairly surreal. It was. It was. You know, the optimism going into the game was there, especially at Anfield around the stadium. I think the the atmosphere that was created was was fantastic. And then the the start of the game was great as well. Uh, everyone was excited inside the stadium. And then there was the 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 false news <laughs> the false news. Really, the false news fake news the bastard, yeah. dude, dude. <laughs> that, that's funny though <laughs> it, like that is that's my sense of humour that's very very funny I quite uh, like I don't I, I don't I can just imagine the person that did it how he's he's going to be telling that story for for a long time that was that that's funny. I, I didn't. I didn't enjoy it at the time because <laughs> I, I had my remote control and I was flicking. And then, because I'm over in America, I, I was flicking. I was going, "Am I on delay?" <laughs> right. And then I was flicking it back, and it's one of these games delayed. <laughs> and then it came when I flicked back to Liverpool. It was, oh, it's a hoax. And I was like, "Oh my god, that's brilliant!" And then it was just weird, wasn't it? Because then Brighton did score. It was. It was. Oh. I, I, I was cheering the fake one, like an idiot. And then, um, cause I, I didn't watch the city game at all. Um, and then, yeah. And then they, they showed a picture of Brighton. They showed the video for us of Brighton winning the corner. And we and it was just like, oh, someone's won a corner against City. And then they went back to the Liverpool game. And then suddenly everyone started cheering again. Yeah. This is mental. Yeah. 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 But then, uh, Obviously, I think it was what did they say? Eighty something, so eighty-three seconds. Eighty-three seconds of pure joy. Yeah. Well, it was. But do you know what? The game. It was weird. When I don't think I've been. I don't think I felt like those butterflies in my stomach. Yeah. Like so much before a game and at the beginning of a game as I, I did before that one. It was. Uh, it was bizarre. It was bizarre. But then when. When Man City got the second one, it was because I was flicking between the two games. When they got the second one, it was it was all over really. 
because um, Man City actually played well. They were they were moving the ball really really well and looked really composed. Um, so it was a little bit of excitement for a couple of minutes. <laughs> Sounds like the story of our life, doesn't it, Rosie? <laughs> hey, remember um, there was an there's an old story of Steve Lomas. Uh, it, would t- it took the ball to the corner because they, they, the players on the pitch at the time thought they only needed a draw or something to win yeah. the title. And then, some, and then I think it was um, Tony Cascarino comes running out saying, "No, no, we need to win, we need to win." And that's it was the same here. It just felt like yeah. when the crowd were going up, which is exactly what you want. Uh, but yeah, obviously. Man Brighton did score and then Man City just came back and it was very deflated. And you could see that with the players, couldn't you? The yeah. players were deflated. Yeah, no, the, the whole, as soon as, as soon as Man City scored the second one, it was, the, the Liverpool game wasn't really worth watching, was it? It was just like both teams wanted the, wanted the game to be over. Liverpool, I mean, they, they've been so emotionally strong all season. Um, they were in the lead in the game, but it was, I think even Liverpool at that stage knew it was going to be very, very uh, unlikely that Man City were gonna were gonna go uh, were gonna lose the game. And then it, I just think it, it just it you were just waiting for the game to finish. Then, and to be fair, Wolves actually had a few opportunities. It did well in after the, between the thirty sixth minute and the seventy third yeah. um, minute, they had all their shots. They had seven shots, two big chances. Yeah. Uh, and they they were dominant for that period of time. They were causing us all sorts of problems yeah. on the counter attack. Like, yeah, but, but that's why we were going to go into questions later on, Rosie, because the game was. It's probably the only game this season that we've played in that's been irrelevant after that stage, and it was it was hard, wasn't it? Because you were just you were just uh, you were just waiting for the game to just waiting for the game to finish, because you you know and then. I don't, thought the, any, the, don't any injuries. Don't get any injuries, yeah. And I thought the fans, to be fair, were absolutely brilliant. You know, at the end, just reminding everyone we're going to Madrid. So, yeah. I think it was. Uh, I think that that was the best way the game could have ended with the fans uh, creating that that atmosphere and, and that memory in, in the players in the players' minds that look, this has been a great season, and it's not over yet. So. Let's get let's get all eyes on the prize in in Madrid. It's funny, isn't it? It's funny we said it's funny the way pressure affects people in in, in football, and how you know you, if you if you want something so much, it can actually it can actually be detrimental. And if you look, we we've said from we've said from kind of day one, you know that we were in this title race with Man City that. You know, we'd much rather have the league than the Champions League, and and Man City would much rather have the Champions League than the league. And and we said at the time, then we'll we'll probably end up winning the Champions League, and Man City will probably end up winning the league. And it's uh, it's strange how that happens. If you look at Barcelona, they're going to win the league, and they're going to be have it's going to be a disappointing season for them because of of what happened with us in the Champions League. PSG will win the league, but because what happened in the Champions League, Juventus. You know, I know only one team can can win it, but it it seems to be the the people that put all the eggs in the in the Champions League basket. A lot of them tend to come up uh, a little bit short. And we are going to do we're going to do a really in depth tactical season review. But I've just got a few summary questions for you. What? Yeah. Uh, let's start with the things that happened in this game. So Mane, two goals equals Salah. Yeah. What, what about his performances then recently? Uh- What's your thoughts on this? I don't believe that penalties should be included in oh, golden goal. Absolutely, I've been saying this in years. I, I don't. I think that I think golden boots should be from open play. It should be non-penalty per ninety. <laughs> That's what it should be. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not even. No, see, to be honest, even the per ninety, I'm. I'm not too. I'm, I think you know everyone has the. People get injured and all that, and they don't always play as many minutes through rotation and whatever else. But I just don't think that I just don't think that goals from set plays in terms of a direct free kick or a penalty should be included. Ooh, got to include free kicks. <laughs> no, no. I think I think if it's a, if there's an assist to the free kick, but not a direct free kick, it's the same as a penalty. 
No, it's not because one one's got like a five percent conversion rate and one's got a seventy six. No, but I get that. But my the reason I say it is because not everybody gets the opportunity to take the ball. That's fair. Uh, it's not so much the probability of scoring; it's that not everybody gets the opportunity to take them. So the only the only but everybody has the opportunity to be on the field. Hmm. I, I think so. Max a fifteen goal minimum. On penalty per ninety, but I, I I get what you're saying in terms of uh, removing. Yeah, because that's how I opportunity based shots. Yeah, opportunity based. If I'm analysing one of my own players, then I it's always from from open play. And then what I would do then you you have to have a separate metric to 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 judge people from set plays because it's not an equal playing field from set plays. So. And that's interesting. How do you how do you find out who's your best? Do you know before they get it? Do you do you go and buy them because you know how good they are at set players and you you want that asset, or do you see them at training all the time and go oh, sit? Because do all players get the opportunity to show you how good they are at set players? Yeah, well, sometimes like sometimes you can, sometimes uh, you let other people take them or you see people practicing them after training, but it's normally yeah you you can. Sometimes you get a nice little surprise, though. When you why didn't you tell me you could do that? That's what I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you do get a nice little surprise, but uh, I, think I, I think I was, uh, I was, like, there was a, we had a guy that I'd worked with for a year um, who was a, a winger, little guy, uh, Carl Howarth at Ottawa. And I never knew that he could take a long throw. He'd never done it in training. He'd never done it in games. He'd never mentioned it. And then one day, but I said, right, who can, could we brought in a player? I knew he could take a, a long throw because I'd, I'd worked with him before. And I said, right, who can take a long throw? I said, right, come on, you. And he, go, and he went, I've got a long throw. <laughs> Why did you tell me this a year ago? <laughs> so it's, yeah, sometimes you, sometimes you, you get lucky and you, you find out, you find out, um, you find out people have, can do things that you weren't aware of. Maybe it's maybe maybe the learning lesson from that is when you go in, the, you ask, "Hey, who feels comfortable on set pieces? Does anyone have a long throw?" Yeah. Maybe yeah, it's a yeah. question. Maybe yeah. you, maybe you set up a questionnaire when you go to a new <laughs> yeah. club. That's right. I agree. That's <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah, right. No, but it's it's true, isn't it? Yeah, it'd be a, a good idea. And um, so you're basically saying that you think Mane should have got the golden boot. How many penalties did uh, Obama Young? Four. Salah three. Okay. Yeah. So Manny, Manny for me is the the golden boot winner. Yeah. No. And you were asking about him as a player. Yeah. He's he's. We we said it last. We said it kind of last year that this I know Salah tended to get all the goals last year or a lot of the goals last year. Uh, it didn't really matter if he got the goals again this year as long as they were spread out more evenly throughout the team. And I think we've actually scored more goals this year in the league. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think we've scored more goals and conceded less than than, than last year. And the the best thing about it is it's they've been spread out a lot more evenly throughout the team. So it's teams can't take the approach of oh, if we stop Salah, then we can we can stop Liverpool. Haven't so, they done that though? I, I think at times that's what teams have done, and that's why Mane and Times Firmino have got more. Because Rosie, we've got to, we've got to, like, we've got to, we've got to be realistic as well and put things into perspective. We got ninety-seven points. <laughs> it's the third best ever return of points in the Premier League by any team ever but in English football history. In English football history, yeah. So it, it, it although you know we're, we're really, we're really you know clutching at straws to try and find problems with with this team. Um, so. It's just one of those, you know. You've got to, you've got to, always got to have a little bit of luck in football as well. Uh, um, and unfortunately, we had our best ever season in our history in a year where there's Man City in the league. And, and in a year where the last time Man City dropped points was the 27th of January, and they've won 14, 14 games straight. And 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 Rosie, obviously, we don't really want to go too much into the game and the details of the game but you've got to give them the, the, I'm 
I remember when Liverpool lost the league on the last day of the season to Arsenal, and I was crushed. I was absolutely crushed. Now, when Liverpool lost the league, or not lost the league, but Man City won the league on Sunday, I wasn't crushed because we said on this, if Man City win every game between now and the end of the season, they deserve the league title. And they do. They do. You know, you can go back and you can talk about what ifs and, and these different things. But Man City deserved the title. Under extreme pressure, they won 14 games on the bounce. And, and you need to give them, you need to give them a lot of credit. Um, I wasn't as, as I said, I wasn't, when it, when it, when a team does that and you've done everything you can, what was our winning streak? Was it nine? Nine or ten, yeah. Nine, it's straight wins. I mean, fair play to them. <laughs> we did, we did, we did our best. We did everything we could. Couldn't ask for any more from our guys. And, and listen, we won every single game in the middle of the Champions League run as well with the emotional games against Barcelona. And this, this, this group of players amazes me. And, and, um, you've just got to go, okay, well done. You deserved it this year, but. We're not going anywhere, but we'll be back next year to, to do it all over again in the Premier League because we've still got the Champions League. Do you genuinely honestly think we can get 97 points again? Why not? Listen, it's unlikely, as we said, but it was also, we sat and we said, I think with, with nine, I think it was after 28, 29 games that we predicted that Man City and Liverpool would both drop lower probability. Mm. Uh, Four or five points. Between, between three and five any. points, that's exactly what we said. And neither team yeah. dropped any. Neither team dropped a point. And so, unfortunately, <laughs> it, it, it's like the... Do you know what it's like? It, it, it's, we have these glass ceilings of what we think we can achieve. Mm. And, and if you think about the, the four-minute you know, four mile, people thought it was impossible until somebody broke it and then everybody broke it. Sub-10 uh, seconds, sub-9.7 seconds. Yeah. 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 So now, now it, it you know, the, it might be the same with the, the Premier League might have gone that way. You know, when, when somebody, when somebody beats all the odds, then other people think it's possible as well. And, and maybe that's what's happened with, with the Premier League. Maybe it'll revert back to, maybe it'll revert back to the norm. I, I don't know. Um, but it's, I mean, it's a, it's it's almost like even if you even if you lose a game in in August September you, you could be in trouble. <laughs> oh God! The way it is now, but but that's that's the standards that have been set. Certainly. The one thing I the one thing I would say is that got to be diff- you've got to be careful what I say here because I don't want to come across as uh, blinded by Liverpool, but our I, I think that Liverpool's team has a little bit more room to grow in terms of, you know, in, in terms of improvement. Yeah. And City does as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think this Liverpool team's at the peak. Yeah. If you, if you look at the average age of, of the Liverpool, of the Liverpool team, they're all a good age. Um, most of them, you know, if you look at Trent, loads of room to improve. Allison, loads of room to improve. Van Dyke can still improve. Matip as well, Robertson, uh, Naby Keita, Fabinho, uh, Wijnaldum's kind of in his prime, isn't he really? Um, then you look at the front three as well. And I do think that this can improve. If you look at Man City, they've got, they've got a few, I think they're probably going to have a few key signings to make. In Kumpane, the, Otamendi, Fernandinho, there's a couple yeah. of players that are all above 30. We've got Milner. That's about it, Mignolet. Yeah. Yeah. So I do think that, I do think that we're not going anywhere that when we've done it in the past, it seemed like a one-off. When, when we did it, uh, with the front three of Suarez, uh, Sturridge and, and Sterling, it, it did seem like a one-off, especially because Suarez, that might be, you know, I know, I know, uh, Salah scored more goals last year, but that might be the best season I've ever seen by a Liverpool player, what Suarez did that year. Um, 
and we knew he was going. And then it just it just didn't seem like it was repeatable. You know, that was a that was a that was a, a brilliant season to watch as a fan because it, it it was almost like any team we played against. Yes, we knew we were going to concede, but we knew we were going to score goals as well. And it was a it was a it was a brilliant team to watch. Um, but this one, I, I I think this team's I think they all seem happy to be playing for Liverpool. I think they all seem happy to um, be playing for the manager. I think this team can stay around for for a for a long time, and. It doesn't seem like there's anybody in the team that's going to try and force a move away. No. In uh, fact, I think there'll probably be players clamouring to come. I, I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I think it's going to be. I think. And look, we're, we're building the new training facility as well. And I think the you know the this talk you know the stadium the stadiums uh been been renovated. It might continue to be renovated, and it's a it's a good place to be at this moment in time. And and you know it it might not last it might not last for you know for the next twenty years, but careers are only short. And I think if if you're a player at this moment in time and you're looking for you're looking for somewhere where you want to play, I think Liverpool's in the top five clubs in the world now. And I don't think we've been able to say that before. Speaking uh, about Anfield, obviously it's the final game of the season at at the ground. Our record there has been nothing short of phenomenal. Yeah, seven hundred and fifty days. Uh, was saying, oh, you beauty on Twitter was saying since Liverpool last tasted defeat at Anfield um, in the league. In the league, uh, yeah, because we next, lost to Chelsea, right? Yeah. The next best is Chelsea and Man City on 142 days. Wow. Wow. That's, but, and look, that's and fortress look, Anfield, isn't it? Yeah, and, but the, and, and the importance of the supporters can't be underestimated in that either. The Liverpool fans at Anfield, we've, we've been supporting Liverpool for a few years now. It's not always been like that. There used to be there used to be a nervous energy around Liverpool at times at Anfield, you know, in in the last few years. But now the whole atmosphere from everybody that goes to the stadium is a positive atmosphere, and a, a, a supportive atmosphere to to the team gives the team energy. The team gives the supporters energy, and it's just a it's just a fantastic, fantastic uh, relationship between the team and and the stadium at this moment in time, and everyone that's in it. So. It's no surprise, yeah. and, but it's but it's also not by accident. You He's can spot- you can only have that. Sorry, pal. You can only have that if the supporters believe in the team, and they do. Well, you spoke about renovation, and since that yeah. main stand, since that main stand has been done up, we yeah. haven't lost. We haven't lost at home. Yeah, amazing. amazing. That's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> well, let's do the, let's do another stand quickly. Yeah. <laughs> There's talk. I don't it's- know if it ever got. I don't know if it ever got. Um, I don't know if it ever got. Uh, did it get finally approved the the Anfield Road? I know there was planning permission, and did it? Is yeah, it ever I think been it's still touch and go? But I haven't heard yeah. confirmation. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that will be the next stage. Um, one one final point is Trent, the record breaker for assists as a defender, Premier League history, or since records began for assists, really. Yeah, I thought, uh, and you said he's got room to improve. You said he's got room yeah, to improve. Of, you'd like to think so at 20, wouldn't you? Um, and, and this is the, this is the other thing that people, people speak as well about. Oh, should he, should he, should he move into midfield? No, no. I mean, it, it, the way he's perfect for the way Liverpool play, uh, in this system, maybe in a different system, maybe yeah, he might be more effective midfield. But the way we play, he's the perfect player profile uh, for for this system. And if it's not a right back, <laughs> it's not a right if back. If you go, if you go through, if you go through world football, who would you swap him for a right back then? None, nobody. So, so that's it. And but so, if we can't find anybody better than him in that position, why would we move him? I think people are, are kind of. Missing the point here that he is playing in midfield. He's playing as a right, yeah, 
winger most of the time. I'd say it's split 75-25 between attacking and defending. Yeah. Especially yeah, at Anfield. He's, he's, he really is. And he's getting better defensively as well. I'd rather teach him how to defend a little bit better than try and, try and, uh, bring in, bring in a, a, a player that may be a little bit better defensively and teach them how to attack like him. I, I just, I, I think, look, at 20 years of age, he's not going to be perfect, but I don't think there's a better, I don't know, I can't think of a better right back at this moment in time that, uh, that suits Liverpool's, Liverpool's uh, system better. I mean, he, he, he genuinely is the equivalent of what Alves was to, to Barcelona in his prime. And, and, and Trent's only, only 20. I mean, I think he's better than Trippier. He's better than Kyle Walker. Agreed. Sure. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone. Um, let's, should we do the subscriber questions, right? If you would like. Aye. Uh, thanks to uh, Phil and Raj for asking them. And we'll, st- we'll start with Phil's. I don't know if we can do this. And he also puts that. But he says, from a, from a kind of a stats or even tactical point of view, is there any point? Is there any point in the season where you thought we'd lost the title? Was it just on was it just on Sunday, or was it the the United game? Was that the last time we dropped points? United or the Everton game? I'll just check now. Uh, yeah, it was it was the Everton game. <laughs> Fucking hell! Was that the point? No, no. Uh, uh, so we I remember speaking about it at the time. And, and what you can do is you can go back and you can look at, rather than games, you, you'll look at key moments that would have changed the, the outcome of, of the game. And so if it was, say, say it was, um, say it was a, a game that we scored, uh, a goal late on in. To, to go from one point to, to three points or whether we conceded one. Um, and, and the, the truth, the truth is we haven't conceded many goals from leading positions to, to lose points. Uh, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I have looked at it and we, we haven't had, we haven't lost many points from being in front. I think rather than looking for Rather than looking for individual, like, in, like looking for individual games, it, it's more for me a case of there was a lot more of our games that um, had a key moment that went in our favour. So if if you think about it, the the Man United game at Anfield, Shakiri's both goals are deflected to win that game. If you remember the, the Everton goal as well, when it hits the, the crossbar and bounces back in the last minute to get three points from that game, uh, Mares misses a penalty. Man City at home at Anfield. We, this season, Paul I think, Rollins keeper brings down Mane. Yeah. Time left. Spurs, Lloris. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you, if you go through, I think, I think rather than, rather than, um, Rather than going about which was the one that cost us, I think there's been a lot more moments in the season where we've got the the break at the end of games to get points. And I think that rather than look at it from a negative point of view, look at it from a positive point of view, that the team's fat probably probably got um, probably got had a little bit of luck this season to get the 97 points, which what you need. And, and, and listen, we don't watch Man City every week, but I'd, I'd imagine they've had moments like that as well. They, they have. They have had a lot of moments as well. They've cut the Aguero goal against yeah. Cardiff that's two centimetres over the line. There's against us where we nearly yeah. score. There's of course the moments. There's, there's coming yeah. back against Brighton. But yeah. I, I think I thought we'd lost it when Spurs knocked them out of the Champions League. Because I thought if they'd have had a pressure cooker of a Champions League semi-final, that they might have dropped points. But then that argument doesn't hold stead, does it? Because we just... Because we won every game. That was the point for me. Um, 
Next question, and and unless you've got anything else, no, I just I I, just, I, I don't really which, which games I'd, I'd I'd look more at the games that if I if I had to look at a game which I I wouldn't really go down because you'll drive yourself you'll drive yourself potty. But I would look more at the games where was it Leicester? Uh, did we get a point against? Was it a point against Leicester? We did. We and we didn't get a pen. Yeah, so, so I'd, I'd look, I'd look, I'd look more at the games that you, because Leicester weren't doing well at the time. I'd look more at the games where you were expected to win that we dropped points. I don't think Everton is a game you're expected to win at Goodison. I think it's a game you you'd like to win, but a point isn't a bad result. Man United um, away, they were on a little bit of a revival, weren't they at that time? Not now, oh, but Boonsley. Yeah, and. A point uh, at Old Trafford isn't a bad result in any season. So I think it's not really those games. It's more the games that you, you know, that you're expected to get points in that that maybe you don't that you'd look at and go, what if? But Man City will have those days as well. I mean, they lost to Newcastle. My, I think something's happened for this particular title running, and that is that both teams have pushed each other. Yeah, they, they've. they've Driven each other to have a combined total of, you know, yeah. nearly 200 points. Whereas, yeah, it would have dropped points naturally had one team had a 10, 15 point lead, you know. The- yeah, because they'd have got complacent or they'd exactly. have rotated. Or they'd yeah, exactly. Have- and, and the other thing is, I think both teams have got lucky this season to get that many points. You have to. Both teams, I mean, it, it was different last year for Man City because they were, they were head and shoulders above everybody else. They didn't have a challenge. Um, whereas this year, this year they, uh, they had a challenge and, and they were pushed, but both teams got lucky this year to get that many points. They both, I think they, they probably, if you work out the averages of when things went for them and against them, I think both teams would have got the rub of the green this season to get the amount of points that, that we both did. <coughs> Interesting question from Guy. Um, yeah. What do you think? Do you think Klopp is right to integrate players in training, like Ala Fabinho, Naby at times, uh, or would you prefer they did their learning on the pitch? And could this have had an impact earlier in the season when we dropped some points as well? Um, look, I, what I would, what I would say is Jurgen. Jurgen sees a lot more than us. We. We only see the games, and as I said, sometimes that can be a blessing, and sometimes it, it it can be because sometimes you can get you can you can overanalyze what happens in training when it only really truly matters what happens in a game. Uh, so my I, I trust Jurgen one hundred percent. It it's had you know he's done it two years in a row now where he's he's embedded players into the team slowly, and it's worked. You know, we finished, we, you know, we got to the Champions League final both years. And I, I don't think anybody would, would argue that Fabinho now and, and, and Keita were much better at, at the end of the season than what they were at the beginning of the season. So it, it, sometimes when you've got a new toy, I, I admire him actually, because sometimes when you've got a shiny new toy, you, you, you <laughs> yeah, want to, you want to, yeah, 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 you want to play with it. And you, as soon as you get nothing, it out of the box. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with the old one. Like, <laughs> but you you just because it's new, you want to play. It's like the the new phone, the new iPhone comes out. And you want the new iPhone, and you're sitting going, "Mine's not broke. Why do I want that new iPhone?" And, and it it it's um, so I, I do think I admire him actually. I admire him for for showing his showing his patience because yeah. it it's no doubt now when you look at Fabinho playing the system now it it's. He's so comfortable. He knows where he should be most of the time with and without the ball. And, uh, it, it is the one thing I would say about Jurgen and, and I think one of his biggest, one of his biggest assets, just having been in, in a managerial position myself is his confidence in him, himself to be patient. So when, when he never got Van Dyke, 99% of the fan base were clambering just to sign a centre back. Any centre back. <laughs> no, no, but I'm just saying, it, you know, it, it was, 
everybody wanted to sign a centre back, didn't they? They, they did. It, it was, and and the calmest person was him. He was like, no, I'm, at times we were playing Lucas at centre back, you know, for in, under Klopp's time, uh, when Aldum's played centre back, and and what he did was he he's 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 got the patience and the confidence in himself to go. The only the only one I want is Van Dijk. And I'm just going to make do with what I've got and save my money for, for, for Van Dyke. And I think he, it, so he, he, he does wait for the player that he wants. And then once he brings in that player, if he needs to wait for them to become exactly what he needs them to become, then he'll wait. I admire him for it because it's not easy. I'm telling you, it's not easy. I, I, uh, I agree. I just, it's, it's it, like you say, it's just a complete and utter belief in, in the process of, he must be seeing flaws in the training games from new players in adapting to exact specifics of his game, not to want to throw in a hundred million pounds worth of midfielders all at once. I think. Yeah. I think that's the only logical thing. I don't think he'd want to harm himself if he sees the peak Navi and a peak Fabinho in training. I don't think he'd say to himself, well, I'm not going to put them in because I've got to be patient. He's going to see the, how effective they're being. So there must be a reason why he's not doing it. Well, he did it. With, he, well, Van Dyke's the key, the, the, the key, the key point there, isn't it? Because he, he never waited for Van Dyke. Van Dyke was straight in. Um, whereas other players, if he doesn't think they're ready, he makes them wait. And rightly so. And there's no doubt that Cater and Fabinho were out of position defensively at the beginning. Now we might have still won the games and they might have played well, but there was there was occasions in the game where they were out of position defensively, and and we know how important the defensive positioning is to a, a Jurgen Klopp team. And he waited till they, they understood their defensive role and then and then put them in. And I think to embed them and and to give them confidence, he, he did change the system to the four-two-three-one, just to try and get the minutes, keep them keep them uh, keep them involved. Keep them ready, and he did the same with Shakiri. You know, there was times where we think Shakiri's playing well, and next thing you know, he's he's taken off or not playing the next game because he, although he played well to the obvious side, he's obviously not doing what what Jorgen wants him to do on the defensive side. Oh, guy again makes another interesting point that Pep Linders mentioned that Fab was amazing um, vertically, but he needed to. They just learn how to mark the width of the pitch as well. Yeah, and that's the that's non. I was saying, yeah. Yeah, make the non-obvious defending, uh, and and that's it. It's the it's about sometimes when you you're watching the ball, you can see vertical defending, and that's where you know we speak about it even with we we speak about it even with Van Dyke. Van Dyke is a mate, the best in the world, bar none, vertical defending. And actual horizontal defending is the hardest defending to, to, uh, to master because it takes awareness. It takes head movement. It takes, you know, it takes repetition to, to get there because you, and that makes total sense. I've not seen, I've not seen that from, from Linders, but it makes total sense. And that's a great way to be fair. That's a great way of, I, I called it obvious defending because it's in straight lines. Um, but vertical and horizontal defending is a, a clearer term to use and, and makes total sense. And, and I think, I think, I think Van Dyke will improve over the next couple of years in, in that as well. I, I still think Van Dyke can, imp- I still think he's going to improve. I think he's just going to get better and better and better for us. Even though he was the best player in the league this year, I still think he's going to get better and better at that as well. And Fabinho, it's it's really exciting. That's why we, we spoke earlier about this team can grow and improve. And I really do. I don't think this team's at its peak yet. And moving on now to our final game of the season, uh, um, and we will do a more in depth preview of the final, of course. Yeah. But I just just your brief. What do you think your, your, the Liverpool's tactical approach is going to be for the Champions League final? The question was from Raja. Liverpool will play. Liverpool will play exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Liverpool will play the way they played all season. But do you know what? Do you know what's interesting? 
all season. We've had a we've had lots well, of a little bit more things. Sorry, yeah, do, you, yeah. do, you, do you mean the most recent two yeah, months? Yeah, yeah. Not the they won't play the four two three one um that we played with. That, that I think that was just uh to accommodate certain players and still get results. I don't think that was ever in the long term plans for for Jurgen. I think that was just a short term solution to to a problem. Whereas I think the way that you know it's, it's standard formation is the four three three. We might be flexible within the four three three. So we've seen at times this season we've seen Salah play wide, um, Mane play central. We've seen Firmino play high. We've seen him play deep in a ten position, and we've almost transferred into a, a four four two diamond. So yeah, the defensive structure will be the same with the the four three three. In their half, transitioning to a four-five-one in in our half, um, and there'll be tweaks to the four-three-three in attack, dependent on on what he thinks is the right tactical solution that that Tottenham will uh, to Tottenham's tactics. But you'll have to be able to adapt when you play Tottenham because Tottenham they, they're they've got very very flexible style of play where they can change the the formation week by week and they changed the formation three times the last time we played them in the game they're the most tactical tactically flexible team in the top six by some distance I agree but you know what And to that point and I'm going sideways here which I'm very very good at is if you look at if you look at the top three teams the teams are finished in the top three in the Premier League Guardiola plays 4-3-3 most of the time he changes the way he does it. Sometimes fullbacks inside, sometimes fullbacks wide, sometimes wingers wide, sometimes wingers inside. He changes it, but it's always four-three-three most of the time. I don't want to say always most of the time. That doesn't make sense, does it? But ninety percent. I'd say ninety. Yeah, yeah. So it, he's they have a clearly defined system that they play the majority of the time. Um, we have a clearly defined system that we play the majority of the time. Chelsea have a clearly defined system that that, that um, they play most of the time. So you've got United. What it, United <laughs> are randomness at its best. Uh, Tottenham, Tottenham are randomness. Uh, Arsenal are randomness. So United are randomness at the worst. Yeah, and Spurs are randomness at the best because they're effective with it they can switch and change between formations and and still win games whereas united are doing the opposite i think i think tottenham they stick to they stick to a uh, a, a style of play they don't stick to a formation so i think they have a little bit of consistency even though they'll 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 line up in a different formation they'll have consistency of style whereas united sometimes counterattack sometimes uh, try and possess the ball sometimes. I don't know what Man United's identity is at this moment in time. I, I don't, I really don't know what Man United are. No, me. I couldn't tell you. I Not couldn't me. tell you. Whereas at least, at least Tottenham, they, they might change systems, but they've got an identity. Chelsea have a clear identity under Sarri. Man City have a clear identity. Klopp, uh, Liverpool has a clear identity. You know, even, even if you can go to Newcastle, Newcastle under Rafa have a clear identity. You know what you're going to expect from a Newcastle team. Man United, I'd have no idea what I was going to turn up and face. And, and do you know what makes it so difficult? That was us though, for years. Um, Rosie. And we all know that you might get one lucky season or you might get, um, you might get kind of a, a couple of good performances, but it's very, very, very difficult to get consistent consistency without a consistent environment and it's no surprise to me that the top three teams in the league have a consistent environment so put yourself in Klopp's shoes then we know that we're going for a week's break before the final yeah how are you how are you prepping for what how are you prepping for what Spurs are going to do are you going to watch the two games we've played against them this season are you going to watch Spurs' recent Champions League games because they were shocking in the second half I fought against Ajax all over the place but managed to but turn it around because Ajax were worse uh, which games are you going to watch to get the insight on how 
we're going to deal with them in the first, I guess it's the first half, because we don't, we don't know what they're going to do. Are we going to be adaptable? I, do you know what? Do you know what? I actually, if I'm a manager, would much rather be Jurgen Klopp going into this than Pochettino. Now, let me tell you why. Jurgen Klopp, as we talked about before, has the patience to wait and uh, the confidence in what he's doing to, to wait and to play. You know, he waits for players. He, he has the courage to, to make decisions and, and stick with them. Um, so he, he'll know exactly how he's going to play now if everybody, if everybody's fit and won't change his mind. I think Pochettino is the type of manager that will be obsessing over the next three weeks to try and find a chink in Liverpool's armour, how we can, how we can break down Liverpool, maybe work on something for the next few weeks and will second guess himself two or three times because he's shown in the games against Liverpool, as we said, the game in Anfield, he changed systems three times. He started in the 3-5-2. Went to the, the, the five, four, one until half time and then came out after the half time with a back four. So he's played three different systems in the last game against Liverpool trying to work out the solution. Um, so I think he's going to be, he's going to be. And, and just, just know, just as a manager knowing the build up to game, the worst thing is having the amount of time to think about it. Because you will, I think he is the type of person that will second guess himself and and try and come up with a try and keep thinking there might be a better way of doing it. Because you, you can go on. Sorry, from a logical point of view, surely he should just back himself and go with the the, with the system that worked in the second half. Go with the one that worked. Well, that's what you would think. That's what you would think. Um, but you just don't know. I, I, that's the thing with Pochettino. Preparing for a Pochettino team, he could come out with a back three, back four. Um, I think when they played us, I don't know if it was last season or the season before, they played a really, really narrow 4-2-3-1. And it was almost like they had five central midfield players. And it, it really, really clogged up the middle of the pitch because obviously we've got Firmino dropping in there. We've got the midfield three. We've got narrow wingers. And it just became really, really compact in the middle of the pitch. That might be something he'll look at again if he's going to try, you know, if he's going to try and accommodate Lucas, uh, Son, Harry Kane. Is Harry Kane going to make it? Don't know. Nobody knows. I'd, I'd imagine he's going to be definitely in the uh, squad. Because yeah. if, you, if you're going to accommodate all them, and then Ericsson as well. Deli Alley. Doesn't leave you many choices, does it? Come on, then the Spurs team. If Kane's no, fit. On the spot. Yes, let's say Kane's fit. I think he likes all three of his centre backs though, doesn't he? He likes Fatongan. He likes um Sanchez and Aldo Wild. Yeah. So he's got he's got three centre backs. I would if I was him, I would go with Kane up front. And then three behind them of uh, Lucas. Ali. No, Ali Eriksson and Son, surely. No, I'd I'd have Lucas. I'd I'd have Ali deeper. So okay, I'd right. I'd have uh, Lucas, Son, and Eriksson with Ali plus one, and That's then up. yeah, yeah, probably one Yama. Someone like I don't know, maybe to have a little bit more defensive solidity, and then a back four. They might play for Tongan at left back and go with Sanchez and Alderweireld, and then just say, you know, only attack with Trippier. I don't know, I don't know. Just and then you've always got three against three against Liverpool's back uh, front three. So just say, you know, just and then you can ask the left winger to just play a little bit wider on the left, but. I don't know, mate. I don't know with Pochettino. That's the thing, because you could quite easily go with the back three as well and then play Rose and, and Trippier. I think yeah. um, Ali as a kind of double pivot would be so good for us. Um, I don't think he's that good there. Um, 
I'd, I'd either bring my, uh, Lucas off the bench. Uh, oh, it's hard. Yeah, it's I know. Hard, it's got that trick, but um, that's that's what I mean. If Kane's playing, I, I yeah. think if, if he, even if if Kane's fit, I think he plays him, and I think that's wrong because I think he should play either Lucas or Son and bring Kane off the I'd, bench. Uh, so I'm, I'm, you're you're sitting in the, you're sitting in the. So how would your how would your three behind Kane be then? You said Ericsson, Ali, and uh, Son. Son, yeah. Okay. So you're you're sitting in the. So where would you have Ericsson on the left? No, Ericsson in the middle. Ali on the left. Ali on the left. Go off the right. Okay. So you're sitting in the changing room before the game, and you're the Liverpool back four. Your your Trent. Or your your uh, Robo, and you see Ali Eriksson and Son, or you see Lucas Eriksson and Son. Who are you more concerned about? Both. I'm being honest. I'm not, I don't think either is better. I think both. They bring different things. Uh, I, I'm, more, I'm more worried about Lucas's pace. Um, more worried about his dribbling. But I'm way more worried about Ali's movement. I think his movement's superb. Mm. I, I think it's yeah. I definitely I'm... wouldn't. I wouldn't play Kane though. Like I said, I would you play... wouldn't. No, no, I'd drop Kane and bring and use him off the bench. He's not played for how long? I'm not putting him straight in the final when Lucas has just got that trick. I'll play Lucas and Ali and Son and Eriksson. Yeah, men's so called armor is a pivot. Let let me let me. Uh, there is absolutely no way on this earth if Harry Kane is fit. <laughs> doesn't that, make it right. You can. I'm not saying, but there is no way Kane is gonna like. It, Kane will be working like a beast <laughs> in in the to, ice chambers in the to get. To get to get ready for for this game, whether he makes it or not, if if he is fit, he will play. He's the captain of the club. It'd be like Mo Salah being fit for. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Mo Salah's been amazing. Whereas no. when Spurs have played recently with Kane, they've dropped points and lost games. Whereas the record without him in the last six months is better, much better. Yeah, uh, but um, that's fine. I'm just. There's no way on this earth that he will <laughs> that he will not play if he's fit. Well, he might, but if he's if he's like seventy five percent, yeah. But if he's a hundred percent, and I've got no idea what's even what's what is actually wrong with him. I'm not sure. I don't see how he can get to a hundred percent now. Oh, I don't see how because he's got a is he got to crank up your loads, don't you? And if he's not playing any games, any minutes, how's it getting him? No, but they'll. So that this is your this is the the other thing that will be going on now, they they will be looking for closed door games, or they'll be playing into squad it's a games. Solution, yeah. Uh, so they they will be Liverpool. You have to play. You have to play some games. They can't just train for three weeks. You have to play some games so that they'll be getting. Look, it's not it's not competitive minutes, but it's still it's still minutes. I've, but here's the thing: everyone's on holiday in England. I've got no idea who they're going to play. Which are, oh right, yeah. Which of the teams? In the yeah. Team? Who are you going to play? Chelsea yeah, or Arsenal? <laughs> yeah. But maybe, honestly, maybe you don't know, because when's when's that final? That's the three days before, us, I think. But don't you get um? Can't you just play your youth team? It's all about levels, isn't it? Really, I mean, you're not getting any intensity if you're playing the level. Well, you'd low. you'd be better playing the. Second eleven in your squad. Ligament injury. Yeah. Yeah, and so. And he was supposed supposed to be out for the season and possibly the nation's cup. So I don't know how he's going to make it back for this, but yeah, it's going to be. Uh, well, if he's not, if he's not, if he's not, then if he's not fit, then who'd you go with? Yeah. The same midfield you're saying, Son up front. Yeah. But or Luke's up front. No, Son up front, Lucas off the right this time, and Ali off the left again. 
I'd like Ali against Trent because I think it, it takes more advantage of the space that's going to be created. And then Ericsson in the middle with Sissoko, Wanyama. And I'd play Danny Rose, Alderweireld, uh, Vertonghen and, uh, yeah, Trippier. There you go. There you go. Well, don't really care about them anyway, do you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just interesting that we're prepping for it and you try to pick out what they're going to do. I'd go with the same formation that he used, uh, or same approach that he used in the second half at Anfield, if I, if I was him. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you, what are Liverpool's flaws and what are the things that Pochettino is going to be obsessing over? Are you not prepared to say? <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's just need to watch the, the Barcelona game in, in the first leg, um, even, even in the second leg is when, when teams, you know, Real Madrid in the final, uh, when, when teams, even when we've played some of the other, the Spanish teams as well, which are very, very comfortable in possession, much more comfortable in possession than, than most Premier League teams. When teams have the confidence and the, uh, the, the confidence and the ability to play through our high press and, um, you know, through the middle of us, because Liverpool try and force you through the middle and then use their, use their ability to win the ball back and press and counter press to, to win the ball back centrally and then try and be in a position to counter attack as quickly as they can. Liverpool's problems can only really be exploited by the most technical teams in, in the world, really. So if, because if you choose to take that option of being forced inside and then you have the players that can, that are technically good enough to, to break you down, um, and then play little angled passes in behind Van Dyke, in behind, um, Matip, in behind, the the advanced fullbacks. That's when that's when Liverpool get tested. But when it's forced inside and they don't have the the technical qualities, then it's as Pep Linder said, it's then horizontal football. And Fabinho's very comfortable with that. Van Dijk, Matip, very comfortable with that. We don't really get exposed, um, and that's why we don't really get exposed behind our fullbacks very often as well is because Mane and Salah do a really good job of forcing inside. So it never really goes outside. I don't think Tottenham have the technicians that in midfield that other teams have. I mean, you've got Ericsson who's, who's fantastic, but I don't think Wanyama, you know, uh, Sissoko, I don't think they're, I don't think they're clever enough on the ball to try and to, to expose that. So, uh, yeah, our weakness is our weakness is also something that, if you get it wrong, turns into our biggest strength. So it's very very difficult for teams to to come up with a plan against us because they need to make themselves very very vulnerable to exploit our weakness. And if they get it wrong, we're going vertically to their goal with Salah, Mane, and Firmino in two or three passes and good luck with that. <laughs> I wish we should that's gonna be the <laughs> great title. Thanks for your time, mate. Thanks, Paul. And thanks for the subscribers' time all this season during the league campaign. We've only got uh, the one game left, but it's a bigger. Yeah. And are you confident? I am, I am. Good. I'd say I'd say seventy five twenty five. Why can't they just change the game to Wembley next week. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's the best solution ever. Just now, let's Ch play it. <laughs> Just change the game to Wembley next week and then none of us need to go through three weeks of waiting. Great. All right, pal. Thanks, Rosie. Cheers, mate. So there we have it, folks. That was uh, Tactics Weekly uh, following the Wolves game. I, ho I hope you enjoyed that show as much as I did. Uh, some really good uh, subjects to discuss there. I mean, give us your feedback. What, what do you think about this uh, this idea that Paul had of uh, penalty takers' goals not being accumulated in the uh, calculations for the Golden Boot? Uh, give us your feedback. Uh, the best way to do it is on our own Discord community, uh, a thriving community of, of Liverpool fans there. And some excellent uh, 
debate and discussion without all of the uh, of the Twitterati opposition fans and such getting involved with uh, with baiting people and trolling at such that uh, can can take place on Twitter. So to get involved in our Discord community, absolutely free, uh, anfieldindex.com forward slash Discord, which is D-I-S-C-O-R-D. Completely free to join, as I say, and uh, we do have some subscriber-only uh, areas in there as well where you can speak to our podcasters and, and contributors uh, in the chat environment. And... Uh, that's all part of our free trial of Anfield Index Pro. It's anfieldindex.com forward slash join to get a seven-day free trial. And you can also unlock those um, those subscriber-only areas of the Discord community as well. Other than that, feedback is also welcome on Twitter. We're at Anfield Index and at Anfield Index Pro. That's the best way to get in touch. We're also on Facebook if you search for uh, Anfield Index as well. So uh, loads of ways to get in touch and give us your feedback. Now, our attention on Off the Wall will be turning to next season and obviously to uh, Madrid as well. So there's going to be loads of content, some amazing stuff planned. Uh, a few of us from uh, Anfield Index are going to be jetting over to Madrid, obviously. And we're, we've got a whole load of content planned around there. We may have a, an event or two in mind as well. So uh, so do keep it tuned and uh, we'll be back really soon with some uh, some some content on the Madrid side of things. Until the next time, up the Reds. Sports Social Podcast Network.